Hi, this is John Ozanting, lead pastor of Evolve Church, and this is the Evolve Church podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. We hope that you find today's message encouraging and full of hope for wherever you're at. We will receive the Lord's blessing. We will have a right relationship with God, our Savior. May we seek him and worship in his presence. One of our readings from today. Did you know that only love can make that possible? Only love makes that possible. I love that you're here. I love that you're watching from home. And I don't know the condition of your heart today. I don't know the condition of your surrender to Jesus. You might be, be kicking the tires and trying to figure out what does it mean for me to be all in in my walk with Christ. You might be here today just out of a place of desperation that you've been trying lots of things to find some hope. And maybe you find it in the church. But this is what I know to be true. Love made a way. Love broke through. Love's continuing to break through in a way that God says you can have a right relationship with me, your Savior. Only love. And we read from Isaiah, all right then, The Lord himself will give you the sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She'll give birth to a son and call him Emmanuel, God with skin on. This relentless proof that God isn't far off, far removed, out there somewhere in the cosmos, watching from afar. His heart is is always with us and for us in a way that is present, in a way that is uniquely personal and up close. Emmanuel. But only love makes that possible. And so as we head into the kind of final week of Advent and cross the finish line towards Christmas and everything that you've got planned, I know even this week we were chatting with friends and and with family members just about all of the stuff on the calendar and how that's already producing anxiety, how that's already producing stress, how that's already producing worry. I can't help but wonder as we gather around scripture today, what does love require of us this week, now more than ever? What does love require of us? Our text for this message is John 3, 16, 16 to 19. Maybe you've heard these verses before. If you haven't, where have you been? <laughs> no, that's not, that sounded judgmental. I'm sorry, I apologize. But John 3.16 might be one of the most quoted Bible verses ever. But verses 16, 17, 18, and 19. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son. So that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him. Deep breath. If you grew up believing that religion was constantly trying to judge you, I'm sorry that you were lied to. Because there is no judgment for anyone who believes in him. But anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one 
and only Son. And the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people loved the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. Today's big question, this Christmas, what does love consider and what does love require? Everyone is invited into the hope of Christmas. Everyone. Everyone is invited to receive the gift of Emmanuel, God with us. Everyone. Everyone is invited to be changed by the love of Christ. Everyone. What's it going to take? As his people, as his sons and daughters, what's it going to cost us? What's required? Everyone who believes is invited in. Psalm 40 puts it this way. I've preached you to the whole congregation. I've kept nothing back, God. You know that. I didn't keep the news of your ways a secret. I didn't keep it to myself. I told it all. How dependable you are. How thorough. I didn't hold back pieces of love and truth. For myself alone, I told it all. Let the congregation know the whole story. I was reading that this week thinking, man, wouldn't that be a great rally, rally cry for the church of Jesus as we end this year and start another? I've told it all. I've held nothing back. I didn't hold back pieces of love unless they hurt me. I didn't hold back pieces of love unless we strongly disagreed on COVID politics. I didn't hold back pieces of love unless I didn't feel, feel truly understood. I didn't hold back pieces of love unless they behaved poorly or unless they overlooked me. Family's hard. To quote the great theologian Kevin McAllister, Anybody seen the, uh, the classic film, Home Alone? <laughs> Show of hands in the chats for me. Come on, give me a thumbs up. I think, has anybody not seen, seen Home Alone? <laughs> Sam Brosny. <laughs> Did anybody just lie to their pastor? <laughs> I love the scene. Um, I saw a meme this week, actually. Like, Kevin McAllister, how old is he in that movie, nine or ten? Home alone for three days, and he still made it to church by himself. What's your excuse this Christmas? <laughs> but uh, the scene in the, in the church where Kevin sneaks into the church and they're, they're rehearsing for Christmas Eve, and old man Marley, the uh, shovel murderer from next door, is in the church. And uh, they have a moment together, and Kevin says, I'm kind of upset about it because I really like my family, even though sometimes I say I don't. Sometimes I even think I don't. And Marley says, how you feel about your family is a complicated thing. Deep down, you'll always love them. But you can forget that you love them. And you can hurt them. And they can hurt you. And Kevin, that's not just because you're young. Here's the reality check. How often as Christians do we say, well, naturally, so-and-so deserves God's love, but they sure as heck don't deserve mine. And so this Christmas, what does love consider and what does love require of us as Jesus followers? 
And if you're in the room and you're searching and you're like, I'm disqualified because I, I don't identify as a Jesus follower. I want to give your heart permission to still consider what Jesus would ask of you. Because to follow Jesus is going to cost you something. And I have three thoughts. And the first one is this. Love invites us to give that which costs us the most. When it comes to family and dynamic and work and relationships and friends and everything that your heart is feeling a little unsettled about right now, love invites us to give that which costs us the most. For this is how God loved the world. He gave. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish. And we read, we read that and we go, okay, God, cool, you've got that on lockdown, but you're God. I don't know how to love right now. I don't know how to walk in love. I don't know how to give love. And Jesus whispers and says, just give that which costs you the most. For some of us, that might be time. Time with our extended family might cost you the most this Christmas. Forgiveness to an aging parent or an estranged sibling might cost you the most this Christmas. Well, I can't forgive them. They haven't apologized. Maybe you don't know what forgiveness is. I'll set you free. You don't need an apology to forgive somebody. Maybe that's what love will require. It might cost you something. It might cost you the right to be right. It might cost you laying down a bit of pride or ego to walk in love and extend forgiveness. Financial generosity towards the mission of Jesus' church might cost you the most this Christmas. In a season of like, Pressure to spend on unimportant things. What does love require? Ceasing your work and playing with your kids might cost you the most this Christmas. You can do it. I love John chapter 1. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we've seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. This picture of Jesus, he was full of unfailing love. And I can feel him just like poking my heart today saying, that's, that's what I want for you. That's what I want for my church. Full of unfailing love. So what will it cost you to stay full of unfailing love this Christmas? Number two, love asks us to champion the salvation of our God, not his judgment and wrath. The reputation of Jesus' church for a long, long time has been that we love to champion the judgment and the wrath of our king. But we see in scripture that the invitation to follow Jesus is one to champion his salvation. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. I love the message translation of this text. Eugene Peterson writes, God didn't go to all the trouble of sending his son merely to point an accusing finger, telling the world how bad it was. He came to help, to put the world right again. And that's on us this Christmas. That's on us as we carry the mission and the message and the hope of Jesus with us up close and personal to those that it costs us the most 
we also get to champion the salvation of our God. Because Christmas has a way of pulling on threads, tearing at wounds. Threads of years gone by, threads of accusation, threads of hurt, threads of judgmental family, man, family members. And often, if we're, if we're not careful, we can kind of quietly have this resolve that's like, I'll show them. They're going to get what's coming to them. I'm going to stick it to them this Christmas. Oh, I wonder how they're feeling because I left them out of that invite. She deserves what's coming to her. And I get it. It's because, it's because of what's going on in our hearts. It's because of what we're feeling in real time. It's because of some kind of wound or lie or fear we've believed along the way that we think this is what people deserve. But Jesus says, actually, they deserve my salvation. Not judgment, not wrath. Perhaps love invites us to draw a line in the sand this Christmas and say, I'm done with dwelling on how bad it was. Jesus came to help, to put the world right again. Maybe Jesus in me wants to help and help put something right again. We are in the ministry of reconciliation. That's what Jesus models for us and that's what he invites us into. And the faith-filled, healthy people in the room always move first. The faith-filled, Jesus-surrendered, healthy people in the room always take a step in first. And if you think of any relationship that's where there's been time and distance and pain that's built a gap in between, you know that someone's got to move first. You know. And Jesus says, let me show you how. Let me show you how. We're invited into his mission to champion his mission, to champion his love, to champion his salvation, to help set things right. And I say this cautiously today, because I know, I know, for some of us it's like, I can't risk leaning into that relationship because it caused too much pain. I can't trust that person again. And maybe it represents a relationship that was toxic or abusive, and I, and I see you, and I feel, I see you. But even there can we consider that love champions the salvation of our God. Love sets things right. Love brings healing. Love moves first. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Love always sacrifices to take away the sting of sin. Love, Jesus' love defines what that means. Our love for others continues in the way of Jesus' love. But we champion the salvation of our God. He came to make things right. Are you prone to championing judgment and wrath before the kind of love that leads to salvation? That's a sidebar question for you to wrestle with. And even invite the Holy Spirit to kind of turn a light on inside of you today. This Christmas, what does love consider? What does love require? Number three, love requires that our actions display the light breaking through. 
John 3.18, there's no judgment against anyone who believes in him, but anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only son. And the judgment is based on this fact, God's light came into the world. The issue of people not receiving the love of Christ is an issue of people living in darkness and not knowing what real light is. And we can, we can disqualify ourselves from the active role of being light bearers because we just like fingers crossed, like I know that person's in darkness and is it enough for me to pray from a distance and say, God, would you somehow turn the light on magically where I don't have to get involved? And I just think in some instances he says, actually, you're there, I need you, son. I need you, daughter. Can you help me turn the light? The outworking of love on display is always this. The outworking of love on display is always this. It's patient. It never gives up. It's kind. It cares more for others than for self. It's not jealous. It doesn't want what it can't have. It's not arrogant and proud and rude. It's not demanding and forceful. It's not irritable and quick to fly off the handle. It's not keeping score of how we've been wronged. It doesn't delight in other people's pain. It presents truth in a way that brings life and healing. It doesn't give up and quit. It endures. It doesn't quit trusting God. It's hopeful, always believing the best in others. If in doubt, circle back to 1 Corinthians 13. Love always presents itself as these things. Always. Real love. The Father's love. I think that's why Jesus said, so now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. You should. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples. Doesn't that kind of put a new spin on this text as we think about what love might cost us, what love might require of us, what love might want to pull out of us this Christmas? Because everyone's invited into the hope. Everyone's invited to receive the gift of Emmanuel, God, with us. Everyone's invited to be changed by the love of Christ. I just know that demonstrating the love of Jesus is going to cost us something this Christmas. It's going to shift our hearts to being champions of the salvation of our God, not the judgment and the wrath that caused the pain in the first place. And that it's going to be practical. It's going to break through with patience and kindness and hope, breaking through the darkness with the light of Jesus' love. That's our prayer. As we close today, I want to just invite you to just take a moment in the presence of God. Take a moment to um, ask the Holy Spirit to speak clearly when it comes to the kind of love that the Father put on display that we read about in John 3. This Christmas, what's love going to cost us? What's love going to require? What does love want you to consider? In a moment of response, I just want to invite you to close your eyes. Sometimes it's helpful to just some kind of physical posture of surrender. That might be a 
hands on your knees, palms up. Just taking a couple of deep breaths to remember that God is for you and with you. As we consider what love requires, we remember this. This this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes will not perish but have eternal life. God sent Jesus into the world not to judge the world but to save the world through him. Love made that possible. There's no judgment against anyone who believes in Jesus. But anyone who does not believe has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only Son. God's light came into the world. But sometimes as people, we love the darkness more than the light. And if that's present in in our hearts today, God, we just surrender. We lay that at your feet. And we want to ask you, by your grace, by your mercy, with courage and strength, if there's space and distance, if there's distortion in a relationship because of years gone by, what does love require? If there's pain and hurt because of things that were said and done, how do, we, how do we leave the past behind us? What does love require? If there's frustration and despair, what does love require? If there's health, if there's hope, if there's strength, what does love still require? Wherever we're at, with the people that matter most to us, we earnestly desire to be people of love. To not just receive and celebrate the gift of Emmanuel, God with us, love with skin on but to be bearers of that love where it costs us the most. To be bearers of that love in a way that champions the salvation of our God. To be bearers of that love through practical action that allows light to break through. Hmm. What's the Father speaking to your heart today? Don't rush this moment, church. What's the Father mending in your heart today? What's God healing up in you today? Maybe a relationship that you've written off. Maybe there's like this confident nudge that you can move first. 
that with faith and health and wholeness, you can move first. Because I know that I know that I know that the gift of Emmanuel, God with us, is for everyone. And so we want to carry your life and your love in the relationships where it matters most this Christmas, Father. Give us courage. Give us strength. Give us your heart. Father, I want to pray. I want to pray over everyone in the room here today, everybody watching online right now that's, that's feeling like what you're asking of them is impossible. There are some in this room that, as we've opened Scripture together today, it's, it's clear to you that, that one space that God wants to bring healing. But maybe it feels impossible. Maybe because of fear, fear of rejection, fear of things that have happened in the past, a very real hurt that took place that's causing you to just be hesitant. I want to just declare the love of Jesus to break through and drive out that fear in the name of Jesus Christ. There's no love in fear. And there's no fear in love. So as we receive from you, Father, it's with a call to action. It's with a response as we consider what, it, what is it that love demands, that love requires of us. May we be faithful to the life of Jesus as we continue to be people of love this week and beyond. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. If you're ever in the Edmonton area, pop by for a visit. And if you need any more information, visit evolvechurch.com. We hope to see you soon.